Welcome to Holy Days. I'm Pastor Sean and I'm here with Pastor Galen and she's also my mother. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. And it's, uh, we're studying today Parashar Bar Midbar, which is the first one in the book of Numbers. Now Bar Midbar means, uh, Bar Midbar, I'm sorry, means in the desert or into the wilderness. And it's, they also call it the wedding of Israel to God, which is this journey, what Shavuot is. And let's dive right in. So three censuses are taken on the way to Mount Sinai from the departure of Egypt. So you, you read that through going through there. And the second one before they built the tabernacle. And the third following that event. So the chapter names in the 12 tribes. The leaders who descended from the original 12, they counted every man above 20, and the number came to 603,550. This does not include the Levites because they are in charge of the tabernacle. So they didn't count them in this census. They break it down and they set it up. They take care of all the artifacts. They camp around the tabernacle. They are the definition of helps ministry today. So that's what they were doing. They would also kill anyone unauthorized from drawing near. And in verse 52, all the tribes had their own banner. So every tribe, you see, uh, they say their own ensign in certain translations of their own banner. And that comes into play in some of the, the ways these tents come up and the migration paths they take later. So we'll get into that a little bit. I'm not going to dive real deep into that. But every Shavuot, God renews the covenant with his people. So the Ketuvah, the covenant, when they get there, when they bring down the law, it's the law contract. And in our modern renewed times, the Pentecost event is the sign of our covenant. Oh, so That's good. So interesting enough, you have to consider the Torah. The Ketuvah was given in the desert, in the wilderness, avoiding all distractions and attention fully on God. So this has to be considered as they approach Mount Sinai. So they're on their journey. The principle God has set up, they are to approach God in their comfort zone? No. 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 It's, uh, is it a tolerable area? It's in the middle of the desert. No. So when temptation also comes, the children of Israel were tempted when Moses went up on the mountain. The wilderness is a place of devotion or failure. It's a place of decision. So it's a trial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jesus taught us how to fight in the wilderness. When he fasted and went into the wilderness, he faced temptations. So just like they were the children of Israel were in that uh, in the desert, facing temptations, facing everything they had to learn, Jesus had to go and do it too. So bread out of stones, first temptation. The location of this temptation is a rocky, uninhabited area in between Jerusalem and Jericho. Now, I've been there, and that desert area is, there's not a whole lot there. So, it's mountains, it's, it's, it's a desert, and it's mountainous in some areas. But it, they think it's on Mount uh, Quarantina, traditionally being considered that exact location. Now, when we was there, the... Uh, the tribe guy, uh, the leader of the, I can't think of the word right now, but the guy who was leading us on this expedition, he, he pointed over to the mountain. He said, that, that is the mountain, and I got to see that. 
and it was very interesting to see. So, but uh, command these stones to become bread. Jesus responds to Satan. It is written, mm -hmm. man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8.3, the children of Israel had to complain about the bread of heaven. So God sent quail. You know what I mean? And that was really a delicacy, quail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the connection there, you know, the devil saying, hey, make these stones become bread. The children of Israel saying, hey, we're tired of bread. We want quail. So there's a connection there if you see that. Uh, Jesus is saying, man shall not live by bread alone. If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from here. This is the second one. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So he was brought up to the pinnacle of the temple. And Jesus' response is, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Deuteronomy 6.16, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as, he, as you tempted him in, uh, in Massa. So Deuteronomy 6.16 is what he was quoting in that moment. And the children of Israel complained about not having water. Remember that? Yes. God split the rock and gushed out the water. So you remember when Moses struck it. The location of this uh, temptation is up for debate. One tower, it could be, Jesus' brother was said to be thrown off of. So whenever he was uh, martyred, it may have been the same tower that the devil had brought Jesus up on for this temptation. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's just an interesting connection. So Jesus is showing us, there's so many things that he shows us in the Word of God. He's the example, and he he is tempted. You know, he he was he's was God. He is God. He didn't have to do this, but because he's God, and because he loved us so much, and wanted to shed his blood for us, he he did these things as an example to us. So we will be tempted, but we can overcome through him. Amen. So the final temptation, uh, Satan shows Jesus all the kingdoms of the world on an exceedingly high mountain. Satan says, All of these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus responds, Get away, Satan. It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. So in Deuteronomy 10.20, it says, You shall feel the Lord your God, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. So he's quoting that scripture, that particular section. And then the other connection with the children of Israel, Aaron, uh, they asked Aaron to make them a god to worship. And he made the golden calf. So Satan always wants the people of God's people to worship him in some kind of way. You know, this just couldn't come out. Things had to be bring because uh, sin had to be trying to culminate in the, in the groups. And in some of the tribes, or you just don't walk up and you're living a holy life, and then all of a sudden they ask him to make something you know that is God would be would be against. Amen. Uh, when you uh, close, when you're close to a miracle, the devil wants you to worship it. That's true. When communication from God falls silent, 
it's time it's a time of testing before he his covenant is brought to you so think about that uh, the children of Israel are getting up to that mountain and Moses is up there getting a law he's doing something extremely spiritual he's walking with God he's learning from God he's about to bring down all these revelations to the people this is something that is so spiritual and so beautiful and that's when temptation comes for everybody who's waiting for everybody who's trying to be patient that's when the temptation hits so faithfulness in the desert you know God provides food water and spiritual guidance so in your trials, he ends up providing for you some of these things. And it's just being a measure of uh, faithfulness. And when the teacher stops speaking, it's time for the test. So when you, if you're being tested, the test comes to an end, and then the teacher speaks again. So it's just a matter of remaining faithful till the test is done. Amen. He fulfills all aspects we need in our lives. This time we're uh, in is a week before Shavuot. Now, it's a sacred time, and I encourage everyone to draw close to God during this time. Trust in God no matter what it looks like. This parasha is about reliving the events leading up to the Mount Sinai. So we face this every year of our lives. There's always a desert every year of our lives. So if you're facing a desert, just know the children of Israel did it too. And Jesus did it too. Everyone does it. No one escapes, the, you know, the hour of, of temptation. But if you pass, you get the reward. You get the reward. So, it, it's not easy. We're, we're not saying that. You know, we've been through things too. And it, it's hard when you're going through it. But when you've got a, a picture, your feet, which is the gospel of peace that you when you go anywhere you're bringing the peace of God you're bringing the word of God should be bringing the word of God and you've got to be faithful in serving him you stand and you stand and you the word of God is faithful and true and he is and he's he's going to carry you through amen uh the past can haunt us so there are times when no one knows everything we faced or what we know and some of these things. And sometimes you don't know how to let it go. It can consume you because you don't always have an answer for the things that have happened. That's a big one. Uh, especially if you don't know where you went wrong or why some promise of God never happened. These things can eat at a person and they can eat away at you. Uh, everyone always has an answer if you talk to anyone. Everybody always has an answer. They have, but, and, and usually it, it, it's not right. Yeah. So that's why your walk, it has to be steady. It has to be continuous. Keep going. Don't stop. You know, don't just say, I'm taking, you can't take off a week. You'll be stepping backwards if you're taking off a week. You got to be in the Word of God, you got to be praying. You got to be doing the works, you know. The works we're we're saved by grace, not by works. But He expects us to work. So if we're out there doing good, you know, it builds up your faith when you're uh, helping people, and you see, you just feel the Holy Spirit is happy that you're doing it, and He can flow through you, and you can get a lot done. Amen. So uh, you you look at them like, well, you know, wow. I never tried that before. 
you know, and you, you're really trying not to be, you know, smarting off to them. But, you know, everybody always has an opinion. So it, 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 it can be hard. But I would like to say, you know, sometimes even talking to a pastor or a spiritual leader and sometimes looking for a prophet or someone to give you a word, these people don't always have answers. Because sometimes God needs you to seek him to find that. So, and that, all the prophets don't always bring the right word. That's you weigh the, the word by the word. Mm -hmm. Whatever word they've given you, you pray about it with an open heart. And let the Lord speak to you. He'll be the one to confirm. Amen. Uh, then you need a revelation. This is what, what she's getting into. Uh, that can only come from a covenant relationship. So that's what we're talking about today. Uh, they were on their way to that covenant moment on Shavuot. So a word directly from the Father. That's what sometimes Amen. people need. A word directly from the yes, Father. This Lord. is what this was, what they were leading up to. So the tribes had their censuses taken in chapter 1. And in chapter 2, Israel set up the camps, each tribe assigned to its own area. Now, the, the tribal divisions will camp beneath their family banners, that's scriptural, on all four sides of the tabernacle. So when, uh, when we get to Genesis and Bereshit later on, which will be sometime at the end, towards the end of this year, I'll go into this more. Because uh, in, in Bereshit, we have the migration paths and some of the things that uh, I would discuss in that time. So that's why I wanted to mention this, because we have the banners. Some of them have the emblems, and we'll see where they disperse to by following the banners and the words and the languages interpretations. So I'll get into that much later date, but here's where it is where we have the banner set up. Uh, for Zebulun, Issachar, and Judah camped to the east, 186,400 people. Reuben, Simeon, and Gad to the south, 151,450 people. Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin are camped on the west side, 108,100 people. And Dan, Asher, and Naphtali are camped to the north side, 157,600 people. The Levites were not counted at this time. So the tribes are formed into a cross around the tabernacle. And if you see it from above, you, that's what you would see. So because two, Aaron, two of Aaron's sons had died, which we've covered that in an earlier parasha, the Lord told Moses to call forth the tribes of Levi to serve Aaron as his assistants in all service and furnishings from the ages of 20 to 50. That's when they were called into that ministry. So... From the age of 20 to 50, you worked on the temple grounds, collecting things, doing things, setting up things. Their helps ministry. That was their age they served. Imagine if a single day you went from jobless to everyone in your family having a job. Wow. <laughs> kind of what happened. They, they were set up for ever after yeah. that. Uh, at least until they were dispersed. But that was... That was a job that the Levites had from that point forward. Mm -hmm. So that was a blessing from God from when they obeyed uh, at the Golden Calf incident. So we covered that in an earlier parashah, but they went through the camp. They executed people. They got rid of people who were worshiping and doing these false things. Uh, they obeyed, so God honored them, and they got to serve. Now, God is merciful. He 
he doesn't want to condemn anyone. That's, that's why he came from heaven. He, uh, the perfect one, the holy one, he came to take on our sins. So loved us so much that so we could make it and we could be with him forever, forever and forever. But, you know, he will not tolerate sin. And he was setting examples with this. Again, examples that the Levites, they had to do certain things and they had to do it right. And, you know, you, what, when you're younger, you could say, well, you get into something and you think, well, you know, you might goof off a little, but you did not goof off because he will not tolerate disobedience. When you serve in a church, pastor or ministry, uh, in some way you get, uh, you know, partial credit for every soul saved. Mm-hmm. And uh, find a, you got to find good ground to invest in. And because you're not just doing uh, good, but you're adding to your eternal reward. So you have to remember to set these things up. Um, so finding that good ground in these kind of circumstances when you're in the middle of the wilderness. Find somewhere to serve. Find somewhere to use your talents. You know, I've, so many times in this, these parshas that we've been doing, I've mentioned the parable of the talents. So find some way to use the talents you have. I know that's not the exact meaning, but... And gifts. And get your talents and gifts. gifts. Learn to use them. Mm-hmm. So it's some way, find a way to use them for God. So you're not stuck there in that moment when he asks, what did you do with this talent that I gave you? I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want to be one of those people. So I try to use every talent he's given me. Well, you you know, some people say, well, I, if I just get in the door, if I just get there, but it won't be like that then. Yeah. When you stand before him and, you know, observe the holiness, you'll wish that you could have brought, you know, all these things you could have done and laid before him. Mm-hmm. You know, like that uh, dream I had one time. Um you know, I had been praying and I wanted to do things for God. And I was praying for my children. And in the dream... um Jesus was standing beside me. I'll never forget it. And he was telling me, he was talking to me. And then my children started coming up and bringing wheelbarrows full of jewels. And I dream in color and all these beautiful jewels in different shapes and sizes. And then he said, you know what this is? He said, that's the souls. That's the spirits of the ones that I sent you to, you know, minister to that your family brought in. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus, when I woke up, because we we have to do that. We have to be, a, we have to minister and speak the gospel. That's what we're here for. That's all of us. So if you're, if you're a Christian and you're not out there talking, if you're ashamed, he's going to be ashamed, ashamed of, of you. Us. So that's, these are all things that, that she, you know, she was uh, touching on and covering it, being faithful to that. And not just, you know, only doing this in church or only doing this uh, in, in different places, wherever you're watching around the world. It's, you know, ministering about God and representing Him accurately. So these are things that we have to do. Uh, it's not a matter of uh, playing around, you know. So. No, the, it, it is serious. And when you stand before him, you will be serious. <laughs> you will be serious. So are you a spiritual warrior? 
uh, or just think it's insignificant. Uh, a great cloud of witnesses are watching our performance. That's something to remember. It's written. That has encouraged me because, you know, you're, you're, you've got the Holy Spirit in you and you're out there doing the work. You're, not, you're never alone. No. You know, when He prepares where we go, He prepares our path and who we minister to. And dear Lord, don't let us miss one. Amen. You know. Amen. Uh, endure to the end, be an overcomer, uh, because Israel had the tabernacle, but the Spirit-filled believer in Yeshua has access to the Spirit directly. So they had the tabernacle. They could see, you know, the cloud. They could see the fire. They could see these things happening, but they didn't have an indwelling. So if you're a Christian who's been baptized in the Holy Spirit uh, or a Messianic Jew or, you know, however you want to say it, if you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you, it's the, the judgment to me is going to be much worse than that for those who didn't. He requires more of us. Amen. So war against your own soul daily. It's uh, where will you stand? Will you take on your spiritual weapons? So the Leonites were uh, numbered in chapter 3, and uh, we've seen uh, what's seen and what's not seen. Uh, when I look at a person and I make judgments, if I see a white person, a black, I, don't, I make an assessment based on what? So it's, is it color? No. God doesn't look at that that way. God only cares about what's within. Amen. So, That's true. The quality of a character, godliness, and considering all you've been through and every experience. So everything that you do and everything that you speak is all what's important. So it's it's not just what you believe on the inside. It's your acts, your speech, your your measure of faith, your hope. It's all these things are counted. So God sees beyond the, our gifts of the Spirit or our ability to decide things. It's So I point out that um, according to the Jewish uh, commentator Roshi, he, uh, or Rashi, I'm sorry, uh, when Moses taught Aaron's sons in the Torah, it calls them uh, Moshe's sons. Mm. So anyone taught by a teacher is like a son or a daughter. That's what this is pointing out. When they obey. When they obey. So when you teach or preach a word, they become blessed by God through you, and you are replenished by God himself. So if you're always pouring out to other people, God is the one you look to for your refreshment. Amen. So if you're not looking to him and you're just pouring out all the time and you're wondering why you're not being refreshed, you don't get refreshed from people. Stop looking for people to refresh you. You get refreshed from God. Being in his presence. Being in his presence. So you got to spend that time with him. And I'm not saying you have to go in there and just praise and pray the whole time. No, shut up and listen for a while. Because God wants to talk too. And let him refresh you. Uh, but that spend that time with him. Because if you're always worn out, this may be why. Because, you know, if you're always pouring out and you're never receiving, sometimes you have to look to God because there isn't anyone to pour into you. That's That's just a basic fact of life it, it happens to people a lot of people especially if you're a good person especially if you're doing what's right especially if you're following after god sometimes the only source you have is god i'm just pointing that out because it's, it's so much time that people spend pouring out and no one's pouring into them that's it's a heavy thing but 
if you spend that time with God, then he pours into you. It's it's a love to want to be in his presence because you you should crave it. You know, it's just like, I've got to stop what I'm doing. You know, I've got to go in and shut the door and talk to him and praise him. You know, talk to him throughout the day, which I do, everything I do, I take him shopping with me or whatever. You know, I enjoy him being with me. But we we need to seek him out and then li- listen. Like you said, we we pray, we worship, and we listen because he'll direct us. Amen. Um, you must have that fellowship with God to be able to stand. Uh, for the children of Israel being taught, uh, it's like a, the passage in Hosea uh, 2, 1, and 22. Uh Israel's unfaithfulness is condemned, but starting in verse 14, it's all about restoration. So I'm going to look up Hosea here, Hosea uh, 2, 1 through 22. Uh, In that day, you will call your brothers uh, Ami, my people, and you will call your sisters Rahuma, the ones I love. Bring now, but now bring charges against Israel, your mother, for she is no longer my wife. I am no longer her husband. Tell her to remove the prostitutes makeup from her face and the clothing that exposes her breasts. Otherwise, I will strip her naked as she was on the day she was born. I will leave her to die of thirst as in a dry and barren wilderness. I will not love her children for they were conceived in prostitution. Their mother is a shameless prostitute and became pregnant in a shameful way. She said, I'll run after other lovers. I'll sell myself to them for food and for water, for clothing and for wool and for linen, and for olive oil and drinks. For this reason, I will fence her in with thorn bushes. I will block her path with the wall to make her her lose her way. When she runs after her lovers, she won't be able to catch them. She will search for them, but not find them. Then she will think, I might as well return to my husband, for I I was better off with him than I am now. She doesn't realize that It was I who gave her everything she has. The grain, the new wine, the olive oil. I even gave her silver and gold. But she gave all my gifts to Baal. But now I will take back the ripened grain, the new wine, and generously provide each harvest season. I will take away the wool and linen clothing I give her to cover her nakedness. I will strip her in public while all her lovers look on. No one will be able to rescue her from my hands. I will put an end to her annual feast, her new moon celebrations, and her Sabbath days. All her appointed feasts. I will destroy her great uh, vines and fig trees. Things she claims her lovers gave her. I will let them grow into tangled thickets where only wild animals will eat the fruit. I will punish her for all those times when she burned incense and images to Baal. Uh, When she put on her earrings and jewels and went out to look for her lovers, but forgot all about me, says the Lord. But then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from her captivity in Egypt, 
when the day comes, says the Lord, you will call me Maishi instead of my, uh, my Lord, which was their word for Baal. So Ishi is the word for husband. So he's saying, you won't call me my master. You'll call me my husband. And that's passage. O Israel, I will wipe the many names of Baal from your lips, and you will never mention them again. On that day, I will make a covenant with all the wild animals and the birds in the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground so they will not harm you. I will remove all weapons of war from the land, all swords and bows, so you can live unafraid in peace and safety. I will make you my wife forever, showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful to you and make you mine. You will finally know me as the Lord. In that day, I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the sky as it pleads for clouds, and the sky will answer the earth with rain. Then the earth will answer the thirsty cries of the grains, the grapevines, and the olive trees, and they in turn will answer, Jezreel, God plants. So, reading through that passage has to do with this parashah and their journey. So in the beginning, they were for God, they fell with the golden calf incident, and they came back. So the reason why I mention all that is, you know, Israel later fell, was dispersed, but God promised to bring them back. And he He's fulfilled all of that. So God is showing us that he loves his people. And he, uh, even though they rebel, he lets them sin. It is their choice. He turns them over to their lust for a time then he will allure her and bring her into the wilderness. Out of the wilderness comes a door of hope. She will sing there as in the days of her youth. You will call God your husband and not master, removing false gods from your language, make a covenant for you, make you lie down in safety, betroth you to him forever in righteousness and justice and faithfulness. Then you will know that he is God. That's what he's saying throughout that passage. So in righteousness, justice, and faithfulness come out of your wilderness experience. Righteousness, justice, and faithfulness. God will respond to heaven, earth, will hear it, the grain, the new wine, the oil, total provision and refreshment. That's the end of your wilderness. If you're going through a wilderness, don't give up. Release your burdens to God. Trust He will bring you through. It's, it's just a matter of doing that. You know, sometimes we have to just trust because it can be so difficult. It can be so long-lasting. It can wear you out for so long. You're like, I've been doing this for years. I've been praying for years upon years upon years. Still. And people haven't moved or responded, mm -hmm. but you keep on. He didn't give up on us. Yeah. And so I would say... Instead of just wrestling with it, uh, you know, sometimes you have to surrender your burden to God and then seek Him with all you have if, for your uh, enrichment, your building up you. Because God doesn't always come in and change your circumstances. He changes you to change your circumstances. So let God, spend that time with God. Fall back in love with Him. And don't let everything going on and everyone you're praying for be everything determined in your life. Uh, sometimes we have to lay those things down in the wilderness. And that's what God's telling you. He's like, I need to take this. 
not you. Because as long as you're holding on, it's never going to learn what it needs to learn. And if you're a worker, sometimes that's hard because you're used to getting in there and fixing whatever's wrong. But sometimes it's not for you. It's, it's for him to take, and, and he will do it right. Amen. He will show you. Amen. So in chapter 4, the ark was covered with a, a takash skin. Rabbinic tradition states it's a beautiful color of turquoise made from the hide of an extinct animal now. Hmm. They teach that. Rabbis say like a reminder of a, it, like a, like a, reminder of a tzitzit or a, a, on a prayer shawl. The little yes, okay, uh-huh. reminding you to always think on God. Always that that covering was you know beautiful. It shone in the sun. It reminding people to always pray as they were carrying that. Every time they broke down and moved with it, they put that over it. It's a reminder to pray. So obedience to God means we love God, who clothes us in a beautiful garment, just like the ark. So he clothes us in these beautiful garments. And it's, you know, you have to think about the robe and all these things that are promised. He promises to cover us in those beautiful garments. So, robe of righteousness. A robe of righteousness. Mm-hmm. You don't want to just get in the door and not, not have the robe. You know, you don't want to be ashamed before him. You, you want to be, we'll all feel like we could have done more because we could. We all could do more, but you want to have things to hand him. And that's like in that dream, that's what I was want. I was thinking I wanted for uh, to have things to hand him. And because he's so precious, you know, just like forgiving them for bail. I mean, can you just, we would be disgusted with people that built uh, a false God. You built it. How can it be a God? You know, but he's so forgiving and merciful and loves us so much. And we can grow in him. We can be mighty in this end time. We want to encourage you today to step out and believe the word of God. Read Proverbs and Psalms and encourage yourself and to stand before him to be faithful. He will give you more than what you have done. And it may seem like a lot, but he's the God that's more than enough. He will help you and he will see you through it. Amen. So <laughs> the, the tribe banners and all the symbols and the leaders in each direction, uh, I want you to think about that. So they have the symbol of the man, the lion, the eagle, and the other one, uh, the ox. Um, and I'll point that out because if you go and you read Revelations, What's on the four living creatures? It's the same same thing. So the leaders of each of those banners had those same symbols of the faces of the four living creatures. So it's saying that these four living creatures are are everyone spread throughout the earth, that uh, were everywhere the Jews touched. So uh, these are all the people saying before God, you know, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is happening in Revelations, and you see this connection here in their banners and where they're set up. The leader, the head tribe of each of the directions, that's the symbol of the four living creatures. Filled Mm -hmm. with eyes all over the body. What does this mean? It means it's all the people. There's so much detail in all of this, even as uh, where they, uh, he placed the tribes. You know, I mean, in everything, 
you know, we, that's why you can read it, but read it again and read it again because there's more for you. And in Ezekiel, when it mentions, you know, the, the living, uh, I think it's the throne room, but it mentions the four uh, living creatures there. Too. Yes, yes. And it's the same. It's the face of a man, the mm -hmm. face of a lion, the face of an ox, and the face of an eagle. It's always the same. So it's um, representing that God's people hold up God's throne. Mm. So you can see he moves about. Mm -hmm. So it's it's all there. It's all connected. Uh, each living creature had wings and functions, and then the you know there's there's so much represented here, but we represent a part of those living creatures. And to me, the wings may represent the angels that are watching over those people. I've, I've, this is something I've thought of. This is the way I look at it. So you know. All these things are gathered together to represent God's fullness and what's coming. So we're going to see all these things come together and understand what they mean. But it's diving deeper into these things that uh, we see the revelation of God. And in the wilderness, you know, it's important to not forget we have a great cloud of witnesses. And it's just a trial. It's just a time of testing. And when you pass... You get something bigger and better. And that's what we're going to discover in our next parashah. So we're going to talk about Shavuot next week. And I believe the apostle will be back. And we're going to cover all of these things with the Ketubah. So it's kind of like a marriage covenant when Moses came down with the law. So I know we covered this in an earlier parashah, but we're going to go through some different examples on this next one. So tune in. I know you'll enjoy it. Um, and I just want to say, you were always meant to be a part of God's plan. Yes. So he set this up and everyone, well, I'm not a Jewish person. Well, I'm not this. They dispersed. And where they dispersed in all these directions, each of these tribes actually went in those directions. They were set up. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. And you're a part of those living creatures. You're in the Bible, whether you believe it or not. Amen. You're in it. Amen. You're in it. So you're always meant to be a part of it. So make the sacrifices he is waiting along with his promises. God never leaves you alone. So just trust that. You know, I know there are times when you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you just haven't seen anything. And that can be difficult. And, you know, you just got to give it up to God. There are times when you're drawing so close. And this is a time for that. So Shavuot is the time when he, Moses brought down the ketubah. That's next week. And that is also our time of Pentecost. It's 50 days from the Passover. Yes. So that's coming. And I strongly encourage everyone, pray, seek God, set down all these things that so easily, you know, overcome us, that beset us, that drive us away and distract us. And just concentrate on God in this time. You have anything to add? You want to hear him say, Thou true... Faithful servant, you've been you've been faithful, and you you want to please him. You know when we we stand before him, you you know when you get you're praying and you feel his presence and it envelops you. You know there's so much to God that we're we're learning every day, and he wants to show us and 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 he trusts us. Uh, to, he gives us these things, even though they may seem ugly at the time that we have to walk through. But you can do it. 
because he doesn't give you anything you can't overcome. Amen. So tune in with us next week and uh, thank you for joining the show. Thank you. And then uh, we may bring her back at some time, but uh, we just want to pray for you now. So Father, in Jesus' name, I bless everybody watching and I ask for a special blessing to go over them. May they be strong and encouraged in their trials and then in their and any sickness and any anything that they're going oh, through. Yes, God. And if they're interceding, if they're standing we in the gap, you, we pray that you strengthen them, yes. that you fulfill them, Hallelujah. that every promise you've promised them will come yes. to pass. Yes, in Jesus' Lord. name, hold on. Oh, God yes. has not done. Hold on. Hold Amen. on. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom.